Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. I'm Linda Kozar, your host, and I will be interviewing my friend, authoress extraordinaire, Kathleen Barbo Turner. That's right, folks. Kathleen Turner is on the show. Not the actress who was in Body Heat and The Jewel of the Nile, but she's, she's almost as exciting. <laughs> she's going to be giving away an ebook copy of her great book, Anna Finch and the Hired Gun. Um, and so stay sharp and make sure you leave a comment on my Facebook page or her Facebook page or the Along Came a Writer Facebook page if you want to enter your name. And, uh, you know, and you can even, well, you would call in, but this is a pre-recorded show, so you won't be able to call in. But you can ask questions if you like, and I will forward them to her. All right, so um, I'm waiting for Kathleen to call into the show, and while I'm waiting, I am going to read her bio. Kathleen Ibarbo has written over 80 books and won a a ton of awards, though there's too much room on her award shelf, in my opinion. She could fit a few more in there. Um, She's won a Rita and been a Carol Award nominee, which is ACFW, American Christian Fiction Writers, and uh, the Rita is from Romance Writers of America. Um, and she's sold over one million copies of her books. And they're currently in print in the U.S. and abroad, translated into Dutch and German and Spanish and all that good stuff. She graduated from Texas A&M and holds a BBA from the university's Mays Business School and has a certification in paralegal studies. And if that's not enough, she's a 10th generation Texan with four grown children and seven bonus kids. (laughs) Um, And she inherited those extra kids when she married her hero in combat boots. And we're gonna talk about that story because I and our other group of friends were part of that, part of that romance story. an idea of some of her books, uh, she ha- Kathleen has, um, I'll, I'll go through the series. Uh, the, one of the series, The Secret Lives of Will Tucker. And she also has a prequel to that. We'll talk a little about that too. Miss Merriweather's Marriage Prequel. <laughs> and the first, second, and third books are Flora's Wish, Millie's Treasure, Sadie's Secret, and then we have the Women, Women of the West series, The Confidential Life of Eugenia Cooper, Anna Finch and the Hired Gun, which is the, the book giveaway, which is awesome book, uh, The Inconvenient Marriage of Charlotte Beck. And then we've got the Rocky Mountain Heiress Collection. I keep wanting to say Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, but 
I don't think that works. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Kathleen laughing. She's there. Um, the Fairweather Keys series, Beloved Castaway, Beloved Captive, Beloved Counterfeit. Um, then there are the Louisiana Bride series and the multi-author collections. And there's just so many of them. And it's all good stuff. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a long-time <laughs> listener, so um, it's really a privilege when I can actually be on the show. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here, too. So so let's jump into this, because you are writing a new book. You know, normally I wouldn't be interviewing you on Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense, because this is about mystery and suspense. But, okay, and this is choice. You are writing a steampunk mystery. It doesn't get better than that. I'm going to the dark side. Well, not dark. But I am. I am. Yes, I've often I've talked with Carla Hoke about writing um, steampunk Amish <laughs> together, <laughs> which great. you know, like you, the cow is a mechanical cow, and it opens up, <laughs> you know, and Zeke well, Zeke is a tinkerer, of course, you know, he I doesn't quite fit it. <laughs> There's no electricity in either genre, so I think you've got a good crossover there. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? But um, mm -hmm. so tell us, what is steampunk? Because my, okay, my idea of steampunk is like, I used to love how the West was won, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to me, that that's steampunk. Is that pretty accurate? Well, there are different types of steampunk within the steampunk genre. What you've just mentioned, that is my favorite part of steampunk. They, that the old TV series with the Pinkertons and the inventions, I love that. And that's the kind of steampunk I like to write where it's not um, necessarily an alternate universe, like some forms of steampunk. Um, let's say they are in a place that is familiar to us. Like a lot of them are, are British. They're, they're in London. But it's a dystopian right. or alternate course of history. Um, you know, what yeah. if XYZ yeah. didn't happen? And then we have these inventions. So there are different subsections in, that, in the steampunk um, sort of genre. But I think that the thing that carries through all of them is the inventions. Like you said, the cow. The the, you know, the the fox and the balloons, yeah. all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the women who pull some little contraption out of their boots and you know rescue everyone. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's sure. just so fun. <laughs> oh yeah. But of um, what are what are some examples of your favorite steampunk books out there or movies? It can be movies. Well, I mean, you know, I I. I've got to cheat on that one and go back to the TV show again. I just love the Wild Wild West. Um, and yeah. I haven't read much in the steampunk mystery book genre. You know, I just haven't read much out there because I'm not really into the dystopian part of, of you know, that type of book. And so it's yeah. nothing's really caught my eye. But I've read, gosh, and... I, the the title is escaping me, but it was a it was a book about a watchkeeper, and I want to say it had something to do with filigree in the title. But that it was recommended to me because it was a historical mystery. But there was actually a little steampunk element to it in that that the character the main character was a clockmaker. Again, another mechanical type of thing that kind of factors through the steampunk. But I go back to the Wild Wild West because it is so much fun to watch. <laughs> 
And steampunk can be fun. It can be serious. Um, it can be, you know, anywhere in between, just as Everything. other genres. What about Inspector Gadget? He falls into oh, that, yeah. doesn't he? And, <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. I was he thinking would, I think of Inspector would be Gadget. Gadget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's but, the you know, he, Gadget. Yeah, he was pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep. Yep. okay, so how is writing a steampunk mystery different from writing contemporary and historical romances? Well, um, you know, the main difference, obviously, is the thread of romance, I think. And that thread, not threat. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's always a little bit of something, I think, in, the, in, in, a, in every genre. It's almost like there's a little touch of something else in that in that uh the books that are really good i think um you know i but, agree i but, agree mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, that was one of my I questions mean, coming up yeah well and what i love about yours is that you do mystery but you also put humor in there and that's that's my point you know having that a little bit of of having that little bit of the other genre in there but i think the difference for yeah. me is that when i plot out um a mystery, as you know, at being the queen of amazing mysteries, um, you have to figure out, if not who's done it, which I've learned I don't know until the end, uh, so I'm right yeah. along with the readers, but I know, it's you not have fun. to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. do, it's fun, but it's exhausting, because it's kind of, it's a difference for me in who done it, which would be the mystery, and are they going to fall in love, which is the romance? Um, I did a series of, of books that were marketed as romance because that's what my publisher wanted them marketed as, but we put the steampunk in them. And um, so I had, that, I had to do that balance of how am I going to make this a romance and a mystery, <laughs> which was, you know, kind of yeah. interesting. But, uh, yeah, because you want to solve that mystery, have- you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so basically the people who were solving the problem kind of work together and that way you've got screen time. And anyway, it's it's a big difference in plotting for me because I can kind of let a romance go. You know, once I put two people together, and I think that's any kind of story. Once you put two characters together, you kind right. of know how they're going to react to each other. But when you add in that element of we have to solve a problem together, it's a totally different animal. Yeah, it, you know, it really is. And but of course, when you mm-hmm. put, you know, two beautiful people together, you know, oh, you know, <laughs> kind of a Nancy Drew with some hot looking guy, then you know, they're going to exactly. fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, And, you know, I I'll skip to that, that question um, I had, like, I'm, I am of the opinion that really good a really good book combines elements of everything, like mm-hmm. um, a gumbo pot of romance and mystery, mm. adventure and humor. You know, um, there's always like um, a humorous character. It's never, it's never the um, the main character. It's some humor, un- unfortunate, right. you know, humorous character. <laughs> but <laughs> um, secondary but, yeah, characters like, like we love. Yeah, or weird secondary characters that fall in love and you laugh at them, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is mm-hmm, terrible. Exactly. But you know, <laughs> but um, so are, are you a plotter, a pantser, or a panicker, <laughs> or all, <laughs> all of the above? <laughs> all of the above. 
um, I used to be a pantser. I would just get an idea. It might be a person. It might be something I heard on the radio. It could be something I overheard someone saying. Whatever it was, whatever the genesis of the idea, I would just sit down and basically I would sit at the keyboard and say, okay, God, where are we going? And, and off we would go. And that was those were great times. <laughs> However, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I am still traditionally published too, and my traditional publishers like to know what they're buying. So <laughs> that's when I learned yeah. to plot. And that was not yeah. my favorite thing to do, but I have learned to enjoy it. And that's where I let my kind of creative thing go. And most times the book pretty much resembles the plotting, but not exactly. I don't think I've ever brought one in exactly like the like I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you can give them a general idea, but you have to be able to wander off those paths, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to take a detour here and there. Right, you know? and I mean, sometimes um, your characters just say, "Sorry, not going to do that. We're going to do this other thing." Yeah, I mean, um, that's another thing. Your characters, I know this sounds like supernatural, but it's really not. <laughs> um, your characters talk to you, don't they? I mean, they do. They do. To me, or I could it just is. be weird. Yeah. But <laughs> no, they really do. They do. They pretty much kind of tell you, take you in the direction they want you to go. I mean, because they're their own people, and I'd kind of like to meet them someday. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to meet your characters? I would. I would. Hey, you know, no, I that's a story. Like, well, that's you know, a, it kind of almost happened to me once. I don't know if I've ever told uh, you that story, but I was no. writing a book, which ironically is going to be my next book. I'm completely rewriting it. It's a book that I wrote back <laughs> in the late 90s, and I, I sold it recently because um, I just set it aside. And so I'm completely starting from scratch writing it over. I know I could edit it and, and, but I'm just starting from scratch. So, but I wrote this book and I had this character I really liked. Um, I knew that he had a journey that really resonated with me, but it wasn't until a few years later when God just kind of got a hold of me. And I realized that the journey he had was God induced. It was him traveling through the steps that God wanted him to step through. But the point oh. of it was, I had this guy, and you know, I, you, you probably do this too, you get kind of an idea of what your people look like in your brain. And, yeah, um, yeah. We were at the Renaissance Festival in, in you know, <laughs> Plantersville, Texas. Of course you were. And <laughs> Yeah. And my kids were over riding a ride or something, and my husband was supervising them. Now, this has been 20 years ago, because they're all grown now. And so I went to get us some bottles of water and I went and I turned around by myself, totally by myself around the corner from anyone who oh. knew me. And I looked at, I looked into the eyes of my hero. I'm not kidding you. And wow. for, the, for your listeners, if they've not been to a Renaissance festival or fair, many of the people there dress up. And here was this um, guy dressed or, in. Or not. Or not. <laughs> yeah, or not. Yeah. Those people are in my book, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just the weirdest thing. I just kind of looked at him, and he kind of grinned and kind of said, ma'am, and walked on by. And I just kind of didn't really know what to do. It was Wait, was he in costume? Odd. Was he in costume yes. at all? or 
Like, wait, he should have like, said milady. I know, I mean, right? Well, maybe he did. He should have said milady. Stock. <laughs> so, I'd be very disappointed if my character, like, wasn't in character, you know. <laughs> this guy was flesh and, and blood and clothing. It was weird. But wow. So that's the only time. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be neat like to, to do a book where um a writer, an author wakes up and like meets her characters. Like she's in this weird like mm -hmm. time continuum where the people in her life are all <laughs> of her characters. <laughs> <laughs> and then she decides, I don't want to live with these people because she's escaping from reality, right? In her own home. And then, you know, of I course, think, you've got an arc where she goes plotted, back to her family. I think you just plotted it on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, somebody's probably writing that down right now. <laughs> but um, but um, would you ever write spec fic? And, and for those of you out there who don't know, speculative fiction um we used to just say science fiction, but now there's fantasy out there. And, you know, so we just say speculative fiction books. Mm -hmm. And so would you ever write one of those? You know, I've learned to never say never because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you say that too many times and God takes you up on it and says, really? Because I was thinking of this. So I'm going to say maybe um, because my steampunk does kind of veer very close that kind of thing uh, but what I try to do with my steampunk is go into the uh, the patents that were patented you know, the, the things that were patented from the patent office and see what's a, what was available and what people could do so it's realistic that my guy could come up with the same thing that maybe somebody else did a little while down the road year or two down the road yeah so I wouldn't yeah. call it even if I make something up I wouldn't call it necessarily spec fit. So it would, you know, maybe. One of my favorite yeah. spec fic books is written by somebody you would never know wrote spec fic. And I bet you can't even guess. Is it Ronnie Kendig? No, but I love her. <laughs> and she now, does write it. It is our own Anna Thompson. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah, she has a spec fic book. It's called Duty to Die. And it is an alternate oh, reality book that is so right. good. And it's about what, and so timely. Even She wrote it, well, this is how long ago she wrote it. I actually was not in my home area at, when 9-11 happened. And so I had to get a plane back. I was scheduled to fly back 9-12. And so it took us a few days. But anyway, when I did fly back, that was the book I had on the plane, which I thought of the irony later. This is kind of, oh, you know, not, yeah. probably not the book I should be carrying on the plane. But it's no. so good because it has to do with, the, it asks the question, what if insurance companies took over the world and controlled oh. everything, including your Gosh. duty to die? That could be happening now, for all we know. <laughs> I know. So wow. it's definitely speculative. It was... Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, they are among some of the favorite books I've read. So who knows? Why not? I have no plans. So those of you in SpecFit, you are not in no danger. <laughs> well, um, I want to <laughs> save some time for us to do a nifty lightning round, which is kind of fun. Um, but I want to mm -hmm. first talk about, tell me um, a little bit about Anna Finch and the Hired Gun. What people, someone who wins the book can expect, you know? It's a series, so I they're going to want to get the other It books. is. It's a series. 
it's a series and it's a middle child. So it was the second book in the series. Um, so Anna Finch in The Hired Gun is one of my favorite stories that I've written. And what I love about it is, um, well, first of all, the cast of characters. Because I had, it's got Doc Holliday in it and Wyatt Earp. I mean, if you write uh-huh. Western, how can you not love Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday? So the premise of the story is that my heroine is very well brought up. She is a Wellesley College graduate and, you know, has all the benefits of, of um, you know, having parents who love her and provide for her. And so she gets an English degree, but as some of us know, we're not always taken seriously if we write in certain genres. <laughs> and she sort of fell into accidentally writing um, Penny Dreadfuls, they were called back then. But basically oh, dime novels, sensational novels. She wrote one as a joke for her, what a class project. And her professor basically took it to a friend who insisted to buy it. And so she, she sort of fell into this. And now she is, is this penny dreadful writer and is horribly ashamed of it. She has trunks in her in her closet literally trunks in her closet with um copies of the books that she writes and money in the bank that she never touches and she just wants people to take her writing seriously in 1880 <laughs> so that was my start which was a big deal um, yes it was a big deal and she just wanted she always wanted to be a reporter but uh you know other than Nellie Bly and a few very high profile lady reporters there just weren't any so she decided to create her own um, career path by solving the mystery of which crimes did Doc Holliday really commit because she found she was reading the paper and found out you know she just read he was here and now he's over here so she made it her purpose to research Doc Holliday and she lived in Colorado so she actually was able to you know, kind of meet him. And the problem was there was a guy who was after Doc Holliday. And, of course, since this story is romance, he's a Pinkerton agent, so he's after the guy. She's trying to make him um, understand that it's possible he's wrong about his guilt, and there we go, off down the trail. But that's and, the story. And, you know, and you I really often, And you don't, I mean... A Pinkerton agent would have been kind of cool looking because he would wear a suit, most likely, mm-hmm. and a hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cool hat. Well, and spin, yeah. speaking, speaking as, of, of Specfic, um, if you've seen Firefly, yeah. you know, the, the dude in Firefly, that's kind of, you know, he's sort of a Wild West Pinkerton agent kind of dude. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty cool guy. Okay. And, so, so know. hear that potential readers <laughs> of Anna Finch <laughs> on the Higher Gun and the entire series. <laughs> yes, and a mystery too, you know. And, you know, in those days, nobody would have known to wear like a mask over their face around a TB patient, which Doc Holliday was. Did you deal with any mm-hmm. of that? I did. Mm. I did. I did a lot of research on him and I knew just some of the basics, but going way back to um, actually, did you know that he has a Gone with the Wind um, connection? No. I didn't know that. I know. So um, a friend of mine, Tracy Bateman, and I 
sort of snuck out on a um, conference where we were when we were in Atlanta and we went to the Gone with the Wind house, to the Margaret Mitchell house. Oh, yeah. 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 So there were these pictures on the wall. And one of them was a picture of Doc Holliday and Margaret Mitchell's cousin. Her first, (gasps) apparently Doc Holliday and Margaret Mitchell's cousin were first cousins. And he fell in love with this woman as a, you know, young man and, and couldn't marry her because they were first cousins and they were both Catholic and in the Catholic church, first cousins could not have a marriage in the church. So he went off on the life that he chose and she became a nun. And her name was Melanie. Her name was Melanie. 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 Yeah. And yeah. So I mean, first cousin's not good for the gene pop, gene pool. So. No, it's really not. It's really not. But I, it's more, yeah. I learned a lot about him, and he never really got over her. And in in the meantime, cousin Margaret got a great story out of it um, because yes. Melanie it, and yeah, Ashley. They basically he was based. Uh, Ashley Wilkes was based on Doc Holliday, and Doc Holliday oh, wow. actually got TB from his mother, who had TB. Oh, so, that is not the kind of gift story. you want to get. That. It's not. It's <laughs> well, not. So oh, anyway. But yeah, I that is a neat tidbit. That is yeah. a neat historical tidbit. I love it. Yeah, and he was a dentist, oh, I, so, you know. Wait, I thought he was a doctor. No. He wasn't he was a doctor? A Isn't that interesting? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, they called themselves doctors, but he was a dentist. Well, he, he probably plunked Right. And then he was a he'd probably Dallas pluck a tooth one day and pluck a bullet out of somebody the next day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we, mom, you know, <laughs> probably not. But um, okay. So we have okay. Uh, just a little time to do uh, fun lightning round, all kid edition okay. since it is summer. So you just tell me which one, okay. Gumby or Pokey. Pokey. Okay. Chunkies or raisinets? I know you remember those candies. Yeah, chunkies, definitely. Oh, yes. Okay, um, hula hoop (laughs) or slip and slide? Oh, hula hoop. They're so much fun. Oh, yeah. Barbie or midge? (laughs) I got to go with Barbie. I was a blonde at that point in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Midge just didn't have the same je ne sais quoi that Barbie had. She know. needed better PR is, is the problem with She Midge. did. She, she needed did. a style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. Candy necklace or jawbreaker? Candy necklace. Yeah, me too. Um, slinky mm-hmm. or troll dolls? <laughs> no. Remember those troll dolls? <laughs> yeah, oh I know. Oh my gosh, they could get them to pin on your shirt. Or your pencils could be annoying. Yeah, it could be. I'm gonna go with trolls because it's like you know. I remember, like all these kids now have these um, fidgets, you know. But like we had Uh clackers, okay? We had clackers. We just clack just randomly, (laughs) and we and now and then uh, your finger, your finger would get caught in there, and like you'd smash your finger between two pieces of glass. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was bad. <laughs> yeah. Those are dangerous. And then those those rocket launcher things. Oh wait, what, no lawn darts. 
I mean, those actually yes, killed people, dark. and we played with that. Yes. And I used to play with plastic bags for dry cleaning <laughs> <laughs> to put them on my head. That's that's probably yeah. why. Cap gun with gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know, of course, I got bored with the gun, so I would put them on the ground and like tap them with a hammer to make that go off. That yes. was fun. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so here's another thing. Easy bake oven, okay? My beef with that is you mm -hmm. would spend like an hour mixing up that little cake from those small packets and mm -hmm. using the tiny bowl <laughs> and the tiny spoon and put it in the little <laughs> tiny pan. And then your brother would come along because the thing has been in there cooking under a light bulb for an hour <laughs> or two. And he'd eat your cake yeah. that you cooked. Yeah. yeah. Would that not happen? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes, that's so frustrating. Did you have, but, you know, we all had to have one. Of course we, we did. Um, what about, did you I have some, this little cooker that, it, this thing that made, you would bake plastic goo into candy, like you squeeze it out oh, of yeah. tubes and you'd bake, what was that called? Like the goo thing or whatever. I don't know, but we'd eat God. that stuff and it was terrible. Oh, well, yeah. it was horrible for us, but it's probably the same stuff that's in Velveeta, so I'm sure it's fine. But I don't <laughs> yes, Velveeta oh, is the cheese from India. <laughs> but um, but so um, uh, for anyone, check out Kathleen Barbo on her website, which is um, Kathleen and then Y and Barbo.com. And her last name is Turner. And we didn't get to talk about your romance, so you have to come back now. You know, that's the bad oh, news, love, or maybe it's good. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I'd love so to. Anytime. When your book comes out, we'll do an hour. <laughs> so, Perfect. all right, it's been great having you on the show. Bye for Thank now. For Thanks for tuning in. Bye. To Chat Noir. Bye-bye.